This week on Ultra 64, we're playing Forsaken 64. The tagline promised that the future is forsaken, but I don't really see any evidence of that. Oh, wait, yeah, the whole world is a garbage fire. Oh, yeah, that's what they're talking about. That makes sense. Welcome to Ultra 64. We are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each week we go through and we play another game in the N64 catalog at random until we've played every son of a bitching one of them. And my name is Steve Gunley. I am future Hell's Angel Woody Siskowski. <laughs> and we are joined by a special guest today. Say hello, special guest. Hi, uh, my name's Tyler Dietrich. I, uh, I'm, I'm a local, I guess you could say, funny man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's for the audience to decide, Tyler. <laughs> you don't want to set the bar so yeah, high I know, already. I know. Write in at the end of the episode and tell us whether or not Tyler Dietrich earned his title People of funny People are going to be expecting some guffaws now. That's true, that's uh, true. I'm, I'm keeping a little tally right here. Laugh out loud funny moments. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well. LOLFMs as we'll call them for expediency's sake. I call them lolticks. Because we are <laughs> we are all about efficiency here on the Ultra 64 podcast. Ultra 64, finally yeah. a podcast that dares to ask the question, what if some white boys got together and talked about video games? <laughs> it was a vacuum and we filled it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. About time. Uh, and we're very excited to be talking about this game today for a couple of reasons. How, how excited are we, Steve? I'm pretty excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. I don't know if you're not, but uh, it, it's it's noteworthy for a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, last episode of 2018, everybody. Goodbye, Ooh. 2018. Go suck a series yeah. of butts. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that implies that 2019 will be better somehow. Oh, it'll be worse. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, the years have been getting, ever since like 2015, I would say, yeah. the years have been getting progressively worse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I made a graph. Yeah, <laughs> I make a lot of graphs. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is also noteworthy because this is the 100th game we've played Woo! on this show. Woo! Wow! It took us 62 episodes to get to 100 games. If you can figure out that math, then uh, you know you're smarter than me or dumber. <laughs> One of those. Uh, but the uh, the game getting the honor of the 100th game is Forsaken 64. And uh, we also got to do one of my favorite things that we do on the show, uh, which is uh, farm out. Uh, some of our Make material the to the come audience. Up with our content. <laughs> Make the audience do the work for us. Uh, much like we did with Starshot Space Circus Fever. Uh, we took a look at this cover and we said, I have no fucking clue what this game is about. This title tells me nothing. I've never heard of this. Uh, so you guys tell us what it's about. So the cover, to get some perspective, the cover is this um, sort of the side face of this attractive lady mm. with... Um, a tattoo of a heart yes. on, on, on her cheek with the word forsaken on it. It's, and she's got a single tear. Yeah, she's got a single tear. And she looks like she just got out of the shower, too. Her hair <laughs> is, like, really wet. And... She's very wet. And yeah. if you see the other ads, which we'll talk about later, she looks like she's covered in oil. So yeah. I don't know what happened to her, but she's very sad about it. Or that's just a glob of oil that she didn't get. And then in yeah. the background, there's kind of a wasteland with a with a lightning storm above it. It's yeah. like a black and white wasteland. I think we said last week that it looks like the Jerry Bruckheimer Studios yeah, logo. The, yeah, the that's tree, that's yeah, what man. it looks like. But it's like black and white wasteland uh, and then just Forsaken 64 in like gritty typewriter text <laughs> and uh so that we didn't have anything to work with so we put it out on twitter on facebook and to some of our friends and we asked them to write us uh little descriptions we wrote our own as well you write one oh i'll get i'll get i'll t well i'll i was gonna write one i was gonna do it i was gonna do it i swear That's and okay. then we, we... i wrote it and then i looked up the game and i realized my description was actually what the game was wow. oh really so really? i think it must have been because i played this before i oh, think it was implanted oh. in my subconscious okay. somewhere of what this game was and it felt like cheating at okay that point. so you, you honorably are stepping up yeah. aside from the contest well how I'm, about, not, well, I'm not gonna feign that i actually uh, <laughs> came up with it randomly i i love these i loved seeing what people came up with and i love the turnout we had a really great turnout for this so uh, well, let's random get... random aside yeah. um did you guys hear about the, the holiday Deadpool movie and the guy on Twitter who like a couple years ago there was this guy on Twitter who pitched this idea of a PG-13 Deadpool movie where he kidnaps Fred Savage <laughs> and, 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 and reads him the story and then that was the actual plot yeah. for this movie oh, wow. and like wow. Ryan Reynolds messaged him be like hey we didn't steal your idea like sorry <laughs> it was just a coincidence I mean yeah but, I don't know I don't know I'm not going to cast judgment on that some things like arise organically at yeah. the same time I remember being 
uh, whatever age I was in 1997. I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> no, I, I was in age. <laughs> I wrote uh, I wrote some fan fiction for Aliens that wound up, and I called it Alien Resurrection, and it followed a lot of the same plot of oh like they goodness. found some of Ripley's DNA and they cloned her and they brought her back. So I wrote Alien Resurrection, uh, and that then the movie came out later that year, you know. So <laughs> and it was pretty close. So did it have the know. basketball scene in it? It also? did not have the oh. basketball scene, but also worth noting, Sigourney Weaver did that basketball that uh, that shot over her shoulder yeah. in one take. By accident. And every, Ron Perlman, you can see him in the movie Breaking Character because he was, like, not expecting that to happen. He's just like, oh, shit. What? So, yeah, that's awesome. Anyway, uh, Woody, why don't you start us off with our first entry that's coming All from right. Twitter. So this is from Patrick Hamilton. And he, I assume it's about the pain one feels after the realization that a face tattoo may affect your chances of employment, even in the high desert communities. <laughs> and... That might be true. I wonder what that gameplay would actually be like of that game. I feel like it's kind of like a modern day walking simulator. Like everyone's gone to the rapture or something. You just you wander around looking at looking for jobs. You and have don't your find CV anything. trying, to, it's, trying yeah. to pass it out. It's like a dating sim, but it's for uh, job interviews. And they're like, oh, I noticed you have a tattoo on your face. Oh, oh I, would love I don't to know. In this. the scope of face tattoos, I think this one is fairly flattering. Yeah. I don't. Know. I, mean, I mean, it's it's, it's benign. I mean, it's not. It's, it's also not clearly press on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a realistic-looking tattoo. The color is far too bright. She can wash it off, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll go with uh, go with Tyler. All right. I will uh, I will read the one by uh, Troidal Power, mm-hmm. uh, who says, Oh, man, I always remember seeing this game on the shelf at Blockbuster. Pretty sure it's about a heavy metal fan who gets transported to an alien planet where she, I don't know, races go-karts or something which i mean it's not that's not far wrong. off that's not I mean, wrong actually yeah, yeah yeah it definitely has a heavy metal vibe yeah it does, it does for and sure with I, a little bit of uh, sci-fi grime too. and i have a, i have a, a cell for you guys right now um i think we should start a heavy metal orchestra okay, okay. uh with 64 members in it and call it the forsaken 64 oh perfect <laughs> and, and, that's, and we'll use the box art as our you know as our poster exactly. Exactly. i want to do this perfect. so much all right uh, how many drummers do we have in that i think of like uh, 60. Oh, 60. Yeah. Yeah. 60 of them are drummers. Four bass, four bass four, guitars. Four bass guitars. Yeah, yeah, it's just a drum and bass combo. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. All right, this one is from Cat K. The year is 2032. The men of Earth flock to Kickstarter to launch a wildly successful commercial venture that offloads pesky ex-girlfriends to the newly discovered <laughs> Planet X. But <laughs> even as the smug bastards clink their beer glasses and fire up their tinders, they have unwittingly created an enemy army all of Hell's Fury cannot match, the Forsaken. As the leader of a thousand-strong battalion of scorned women, you must galvanize heartbreak into a fighting force of rage to lead the Forsaken on a revenge mission to Earth, culminating in a firefight that brings new horror to the concept of running into your ex. Whoa. I love that, that so much. Amazing. I would play. That's, I would play that game. Oh I'm my god! Ahead of, Ahead of I would its play time. that so much. Yeah. I think people are going to be really disappointed to find out how no women are in this game. <laughs> like zero <laughs> I mean, women. There's maybe a woman on uh, one of the bikes. Maybe it's, beard. Yeah, beard know. might be. Yeah, we yeah. don't know. For the, uh, yeah, we got the, a short one for you. What do you the think? The personality yeah. and the character that's on the on the box cover. Um, it definitely does not translate no, to the game it itself. Does not. All right. Um, this is from Elliot Kos- Elliot K. I'm going to call him. I think it's right. Kosanki, but I, okay. I, I, that may be wrong. I apologize, Elliot. If that's uh, Elliot says, "Death Race meets Waterworld." Well, Again, not no, far off. Not not. Well, I mean, there's more <laughs> no, there's little water. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I guess that's true. I mean, yeah. I guess the floaty um, uh, controls are a little watery. But also, yeah. is it? There must be a Death Race meets Waterworld game, like uh, Hydro Thunder. Does that have? I don't think I don't that think has that weapons. Does combat. In it. What no Bimini Run for the Sega Genesis? Bimini Run. Yeah, you didn't just you just made no, that game up. No, it's a real up. game. That's a real what, game. Is, what is a Bimini Run? Bimini is an island in the Caribbean. Oh, okay. And you you make a run. It's it's about it's about smuggling drugs back and forth from Florida to Bimini. It's a game. Oh, really? It's a thing. Okay, sure. I've played yeah. games. No, no, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yes. Definitely. All right. So this one's from uh, Geek Heart Games, who says, after a brutal attack in the desert, you are forever changed. Now as the full moon rises, you transform. In this heart-wrenching RPG, interact with friends and neighbors by day, fight the urge to maul them by night. You have become Forsaken. Okay, so it's so, a, a werewolf game. Yeah, well, You know yeah. what they just invented is uh, that new game Vampire? 
Have you played that one on PS4? Oh, the one with the Vampire y. with the Y. Yeah, V M. That's what that's what they made. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah, that's a lot of what it's about. Is that based on the Carl Dreyer movie? I I thought so as well at first, but no. That ripe well that all the kids are talking about. Hey guys, have you played the new German expressionist game? It's really great. Oh, Escape the, the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. The sequel to The Passion of Joan of Arc video game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. This one is from our old friend Robert Brower. Uh, in the dark and distant future of 2436, planet oh, Earth has distant. been overtaken by puritanical zealots. A woman named Esther Prime has been arrested after citizens of Mass Colony 1638 witness her giving birth to a child of unknown parentage. Her punishment to be forever marked with the tattoo of the Forsaken. As a Forsaken one, she is driven out of the colony bunker and forced to roam the irradiated wilds, where she eventually befriends a group of hyper-intelligent foul-mouthed bionic squirrels that take her to Colony CNK-3R. Get it? See? Conquer. Three. See, oh, there okay. she finds an ancient pre-war relic with which to exact her revenge. A pristine laser-fitted battleship. Your mission, fly into Mass Colony 1638 and blow it all to hell. I like that. That's like uh, that's like Scarlet Letter it's, meets yeah. uh, meets Payback. Meets de- uh, meets Tank Girl. Yeah. yeah. If, yeah. I mean, if Scarlet Letter was that, I would have read it all the way through in high school. So... <laughs> Nathaniel Hawthorne. Yeah, if he had a real exhaustive amount. I mean, I would watch that as like a Hulu original series or something. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. This is from Jacobs Butthole, B U T. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to phrase it that way. Um, (laughs) Winona Ryder regrets the face tattoo she got from a crazy desert rager in the summer of '64. Your, the summer of the year 64. Yes, yes. Uh, um, <laughs> your quest is to find the only laser removal parlor in all of Forsaken co- County. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I also did look it up. Uh, that's five years before Winona Ryder was born. Okay. okay. So, you know, right. she doesn't appreciate being aged like that. Yeah. Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Winona Ryder, and I don't appreciate you doing that, and I'm also still thirsty. Winona Ryder, how'd you get in this recording studio? That's amazing. I, I She's here. a regular guest. Yeah, I, okay. I, I wander in from time I, to time. I'm a huge fan. I love Beetlejuice. Thank you. What's that? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, so this one's from Dusty Rose, and, and it says, It's 2 a.m. in a messy dorm room. A forgotten TV casts a dim glow. Suddenly, Photograph by Nickelback cuts through the TV static. Ten seconds into the song, it abruptly changes to the chorus of "With Arms Wide Open" by Creed. <laughs> An excited voice over in a hushed uh, voiceover in a hushed tone joins the din of rock music. Have you stopped listening to rock music due to today's unremarkable bands? <laughs> Change by Candlebox replaces Scott Stapp's crooning. From Rhino Entertainment, we bring you Forsaken, a collection of rock music's greatest hits. A recognizable yet unnameable Pearl Jam song attacks your eardrums. 64 hits from your favorite rockers collected in a, on four CDs for, or six cassettes. Okay. All right. <laughs> Including favorites such as Collective Soul, a distorted guitar riff cuts through the airwaves, punctuated by what can only be described as a mouthful of marbles weekly procra- proclaiming, yeah. 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 And no, uh, and no collection like this would be complete without Stone Temple Pilots... Bush, Days of the New, or Better Than Urza, Ezra. God damn it. <laughs> Songs you recall hearing through your older bo- uh, brother's boombox growing... Okay. Songs you recall hearing through your older brother's boombox growing up beckon you to rediscover rock music. As a final power ballad dissolves into the late night, either the light from the TV winks out as a faint female voice whispers into your consciousness, the future is forsaken. Well, because that, that was a that was a narrative. That I was, I love that because it doesn't even once posit that this is a game at all. Yeah, no, no. This <laughs> it's, is just it's imagining that this video game is just a commercial. This is some good. I fi- love it. That's just good fiction. That's that's amazing. That's a spec. I also think I've thing. owned albums by every single person on, <laughs> mentioned in that list at some point or another, except Nickelback. I never got on the Nickelback train. Yeah, but better than Ezra, I definitely still have a better than Ezra album. And that's that reminds me of my very favorite like. Norm Macdonald joke ever on SNL was uh, when he said, uh, better than Ezra. It's the number one album in the country this week. The number two album, Ezra. <laughs> oh, boy. I love that. Oh, man. Anyway, thank you for that one, Dusty. And that's Dusty Rose like the flower, not Dusty Rhodes like the wrestler. Just yeah. You get it right, that. dude. Sorry. No, you said it right. I'm, oh. just, I'm just clarifying for people out there. Oh, that's no, no, good. No. I misheard. Jeez. So really, I'm, I'm, get the it vi- right, I'm the villain in this scenario. <laughs> aim your vitriol in the right direction. <laughs> This one's from somebody named Nicole Vatisse. I'll aim my vitriol at her. Yes, do it. Do it. I've <laughs> She's never... not in this household. No, I've never met her. 
Uh, Forsaken. A nameless woman wakes up to discover that everyone she knows has disappeared, and she had to fight off evil robots at every turn. Her original job was making fake tattoos, and she has covered herself in them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you read this last I, I like one? The, I like the idea of she wakes up to discover that she had to fight evil robots. Yeah. Like, oh, jeez. What time is it? Uh, yeah. Oh, I better oh. fight some robots. Is it the 12th already? Uh, I'm already oh, late for my job at the fake tattoo factory. <laughs> um, this is from Scott Berger, who we remember way back on a Mortal Kombat episode. Yeah, go Scott. Um, because the cover art prominently features a lady with a tattoo on her face in the middle of the desert, the only logical conclusion is that it's a direct sequel to Beast Wars Trans Metals. Oh, which God. Is, God. so far, still the bottom game on my list. Really? Um, I can yeah. say confidently that this game will rank higher than yes. Transformers Beast um, Wars man. Trans Metals. And thank, yes, thankfully that was not the case. You know what, um, the leap that I took, though, because the cover art prominently features the lady with the tattoo on her face... Um, I believe, fun fact about this game, which is not true, which mm. is what makes the fact fun. That's really fun. Um, Fake things are the, fun. Um, the model on the front of this cover was actually the granddaughter of the old banjo-playing man on the cover of the Super <laughs> Nintendo game Phalanx. <laughs> they have a rich no. family tradition yeah. of nonsensical <laughs> video game cover art. Yeah, so um, <laughs> Phalanx, one of the all-time great uh, video game uh, cover arts. It's just an old man sitting on a rock playing a banjo, and then there's a spaceship. Like It's a space shooter game, and he's like, way the spaceship, way in the background. And you're like, what is this game? <laughs> And um, I think Forsaken has the same thing. Of it's like it puts a real emphasis on this character, yeah. yeah. But then the game itself has nothing to Not do with a it. Damn thing to do with it. Wow. Um, all right. So uh, do you have one of yours? I your do. Own I actually, yeah. I do have one. It's not very long. That's but, okay. Uh, it doesn't need yeah. to be. They, doesn't clearly, need they had the longness covered. Elliot on that. had oh one that was goodness. one yeah. sentence. Yeah. That's fair. All right. So here's mine. All right. Let's hear it. <clears throat> Halle Berry wakes up after a heavy <laughs> weekend bender with no phone, no wallet, and no options. What's worse, she has a brand new face tattoo that she doesn't remember getting. What's even worse, she's stranded. On the moon? <laughs> and then the game, obviously, is about Halle Berry trying to get off the moon. That would be amazing, yeah. actually. I, I like your reading there. It definitely implied, like, <laughs> this summer, Halle Berry finds love in an unexpected place. Record scratch? <laughs> the moon? <laughs> Out of Orbit, starring Halle Berry. <laughs> I can hear the love. I don't know what the song is, but it's in every trailer. Yeah, yeah. All right, here's mine. I wrote my own here. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Mine's a little longer. I apologize. The year is 1998, and pop music superstar Madonna is preparing to shoot the video for her so latest... How many people has this woman been? She's been Winona Ryder, Madonna... Halle uh, Berry. Halle Berry. Halle, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So the uh, pop music superstar Madonna is preparing to shoot the video for her latest smash, Ray of Light. The singer is sitting patiently as a makeup artist applies a temporary tattoo to her cheek, a bleeding heart with the word forsaken scrawled across it, meant to reflect the artist's conflicted relationship with fame. Suddenly, in the far distance, a white flash dominates the horizon. No one is sure what to make of it at first, but a second and third flash drive the point home. The bombs are dropping. Thinking quickly, the crew scrambles to get Madonna to the nearest shelter. Fortunately, today's shoot is at an old decommissioned military base with reinforced subterranean bunkers at the ready. As the shockwave rapidly approaches, the makeup artist makes a decision and sacrifices her life to lock Madonna in the bunker. The pop star, shell-shocked and shaken, is left alone to bear out the terrifying shakes and rattles of the nuclear explosions. Days pass. The singer subsists on old canned goods and purified water and waits impatiently for the radiation counter built into the door to reach nominal levels for her to go outside, where she can try to contact her family and look for any surviving crew members. When the day finally comes, she sets out into the barren new world, where she must battle through hordes of mutated creatures and seek out the last vestige of old world civilization. She has become a warrior, the Forsaken. Amazing. Nice. Wow. And I should clarify, this is based entirely <laughs> on the fact that when I was younger and I saw this game on the shelves in the video store, I did think that the model on the cover was Madonna. Okay. I thought oh, this was a Madonna okay. game. <laughs> this was roughly around the same time that Bruce Willis was starring in his own game on PS1. Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah. Which has actually similar cover art. It's half of Bruce Willis's face. face with a bit of a wasteland in the back. Oh. Well, around that time, they loved doing the whole half-face thing, especially with Bruce Willis. Die Hard has had that, too. Yeah. And even looking at it now, it's like, it's not a stretch to say she looks a little like Madonna. She has the same haircut. I mean, she's definitely 20 years younger and, like, covered in oil, but, you know, she looks... <laughs> it's not a stretch it's not a stretch anyway thank you so much to everybody who wrote in uh i loved all of those those were fantastic and uh just thanks for taking yeah, time we'll have, to, always... we'll have to do this again next time we encounter a 
unnecessarily vague title <laughs> and cover art. Good news, there's lots of those coming up. So there's plenty of really vague games that no one's ever heard of on the N64. So now that we've heard all of those, yeah. which I'm sure are more interesting than what the game is actually about, let's talk. what about is the, the game, game actually about? Oh, well, man. Forsaken 64, here's some deets for you. They came out in uh, April 30th, 1998, developed by Iguana Entertainment UK and published by Acclaim. This was also released on PC and PS1, and it was later remastered for Xbox One. So, well, later being, I think, this year. I mean, Xbox One is new. Yeah, so, I think wow. it. I think it came out 2018. Wow, um, which implies that there is still an audience for this. I like to imagine <laughs> that there is uh, big events that people go to and talk about this game. Um, I would call it Forsaken. Ah, thank you. That was amazing. Uh, all right, so Iguana Entertainment UK is the studio formerly known as Acclaim Studios Teesside. It's based in Stockton on Tees in Northern Teesside. England. Teesside. Uh, it was founded by the Falcon. Uh, I got that wrong. It says Falcons Brothers on here. I forget their actual name. It's not Falcons, but let's call them Falcons Brothers mm-hmm. from now on. Hawk and Viper. Uh, <laughs> Hawk Falcon and Viper Falcon. They're software designing renegades from Northern England. Oh man! In 1998, they formed a studio called Optimus Software, uh, and they had a couple of big hits in the UK with games like Seymour and Big Nose the Caveman. Which, oh, huge, huge hits! Which oh, yeah. see, that was a big over there. It came over here on one of those crappy knockoff uh, uh, Codemasters yeah. NES cons- or cartridges. Uh, but yeah, that was big over there. Uh, and they were purchased what helped by get David Cameron elected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really he kind of looks like ba- Big Nose the Caveman. He does so that was, that was one Or he looks like Dizzy, point. you know, Dizzy the Egg. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, they were purchased by Iguana in 1993, which itself was purchased by Acclaim in 1995. And this studio's big claim to fame, aside from uh, Forsaken 64, obviously, <laughs> is uh, the Shadow Man series, which ah. we will talk about in detail later. So uh, the brothers left the studio that they founded back in 2000, and then two years later the studio was shuttered, and then Acclaim went under two years after that, I believe. So, uh, yes, Uh, if you remember this game at all, uh, Forsaken 64, it's because of the cover art and the borderline scandalous ad campaigns uh, that heavily featured a naked woman that has nothing to do with the game. (laughs) So I actually looked into who this is because I wanted to make sure it's not Madonna. You had to do important research. It is. So you... Donna DiCiani, uh, she's the cover model, and uh, yeah, so as you may have guessed from my interpretation of the plot when I first saw it, yeah, I thought it was Madonna, uh, but you know, Donna DiCiani was a 20-year-old bikini model who uh, is best known as the cover models for more than 500 romance novels. Whoa! So there's a good chance right. if you bought a romance novel between 1998 and like 2008, you've got one with her on the cover, so that's not a bad, uh, yeah. that's not a bad gig. Aside from Forsaken, uh, she's also appeared in ads for uh, Jack and Daxter. Uh, I watched the oh. commercial for it. It's 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 the early Jack and Daxter commercial where uh, uh, Daxter is trying to talk himself up to all these women in bikinis, mm. and they only care about the other cartoon character. So she's one oh, of them. I, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so she's mostly retired now, but she still acts in some low budget movies and makes uh, regular appearances at conventions. And according to people on the internet, Forsaken. Yeah, Forsaken. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she goes to Forsaken <laughs> every year. Uh, according to people on the internet, she's very nice. Very nice person. Signs oh. autographs. Willingly. You have to be really nice to have people on the internet say that you're really nice. Yeah. It's really true. That's why I noted it. I'm like, wow, like nobody has anything bad to say about this woman. So Donna, you're great. Uh, keep it up. Be a guest on our show. Yeah, come yeah. on in. We'd love to have you. We'll, we'll, we'll put down a towel to soak up the oil. And uh, yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, she, so you, you assume that I assume she's still oily, oily. that she she's, naturally produces this oil? She's so oily in, yeah, the commer- she, in the commercial. Yeah. She is. She yeah. is. But okay. So was the was the commercial just kind of her writhing around in oil? No, <laughs> no. The commer- the commercial. I watched the commercial for this. It's gameplay footage with just a voice saying over and over, the future is forsaken, the future is forsaken, over and over. You shoot things and then it's like the very end you get the shot of half of her face like uh, of box. course of course uh okay so uh yeah it, yeah like i said this doesn't really have anything to do with the game at all uh the game saw it's just a nice tight shot of dciani's face and the ad campaign makes it clear that she is in fact very nude uh, some of these some of these ads are pretty racy for an n64 game uh there's one version that actually couldn't run in most game magazines because you can definitely see her nipples uh oh. and her butt and another one like you just can't like she's she's naked uh, and that just feels like off-brand for Nintendo. I mm-hmm. mean, even when they were trying to be edgy, like, it's just, I don't know. It's... Well, it's kind of lame because this isn't 
I mean, this isn't a very edgy game. No, 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 I, no it's really not. <laughs> I mean, I think that they were really bogged. I mean, this is a pretty bland, generic looking and playing game, and so I think they probably realized that. Yeah, and they really like, wanted to this, sex it up, yeah. spice up. It's the, it's the, literally just like old school Mad Men sex sells mentality. Exactly. Like, exactly. All right. They well, didn't even put effort to figure out how this character fit in with the rest that's, of the game. That's though. the thing. Well, the cover the, art, the game itself, and the, the even the title. None yeah. of them really make sense together as a finished product no nothing and i mean the tattoo in her ads travels so like on her on the cover it's on her face there's another yeah. one where it's on her neck then it's on her <laughs> hip and then it's on her butt cheek why like, did they fi- finish with being it on her face because that feels i, I you guess to rephrase they, that <laughs> no. oh yeah uh, why did why did they decide <laughs> to place the tattoo on her face because yeah. I guess they wanted her face on the box. I'm sure cover. Nintendo would not have been keen with just a picture of her butt cheek. Yeah, like, but there's on so the many cover better options game. than just like just the face. I mean, even the neck I feel like would have been better. But uh, the tattoo itself feels it feels important to the game in some yeah. way because it's it's on all it's on all the art and it's uh, it has its own splash yeah. screen. When the game is booted, so that when the game boots up, yeah. it comes up. It says Iguana Entertainment, Acclaim <laughs> Software, and then and these guys start sh- these on the motorcycle start shooting at yeah. the logo, which yeah. is the same thing that happened in Doom last week. We didn't even mention it, but yeah, there's a, like a full firefight breaking out on the Midway logo in Doom, <laughs> and then it cuts to another screen that says. Check out the official acclaimed player's guide from Prima Games. <laughs> from Prima Games, which I think is the only time I've ever seen a player's guide advertised in-game. I can't for, remember for ever start. seeing that yeah. again. I mean, this isn't really a game that needs a player's guide necessarily. I don't know. I mean, we didn't I, I get think, very far. I maybe think there, there are was, a lot maybe of Maybe like, the secrets are so hidden. I, I think there are hidden secrets. Yeah, yeah I think there are little things um, to explore. And then there. the next screen just has a picture of the the, the heart, and it says... Go to our website at acclaim.com. Yeah, and that's one of the first times I can recall seeing like a website advertised on a. Oh, we didn't actually go there, did we? No, no, I'm sure it's not still there. If you want to look it up, you can. So, uh, after we've gone into all this hullabaloo about figuring out, uh, or trying to guess what this game's about, uh, nobody really got close except Woody, apparently. Yeah, Uh, here, I'll I'll, 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 let me tell you what I was going to guess. Okay, let's hear (laughs) it. I was going to say, in the distant future, the Earth has lost all of its natural resource and is a barren wasteland. Mm. Uh, most of the Earth has moved to uh, colonize, colonize Mars or other surrounding planets, and leaving the people on Earth to fend for the resources that are left as the Forsaken. And then I also like the idea of the people from Mars watched down as a sort of, uh, you know, death race reality TV show. Wow, that's, that's I mean, fun. yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, um, so really... I, okay, I, I found a PDF of the manual online, and I had to read this story like three or four times because it's, <laughs> it's two pages. It's really, really dense. Usually, like, when we have the ability to, if there's a plot in the game, we like to read the story from the manual just because, like, hey, this don't, game let them you, tell us what it's about. Yeah, this game spends all its time telling you to buy the player's guide at yeah. the start of the game. It doesn't actually give you any backstory None of what's whatsoever. going on in the game. Uh, so it's a little baffling, and, like, it, it's... It's pretty poorly written as an intro, and it's really hard to parse out. There's a lot of, like, sci-fi acronyms and stuff like that oh, that yeah. I had to reread. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is my best estimation of the Cliff's Notes, Cliff Notes version of what happened <laughs> this in this game. This will be on the test. <laughs> All right, so it's the year 2113. The world has been destroyed by a subatomic explosion that's turned the entire Earth's surface into a wasteland. Uh-huh. Oh, excuse me. The ruling body of the Terran solar system has condemned the planet and left it open for salvage crews to go in and harvest the remaining resources from the Earth's core. The only problem is that the core is protected by a state-of-the-art self-repairing network of armed androids called the <laughs> Mechanoid Defense Force, or MDF, that were left in place back before the explosion happened. Uh, so the ruling party uh, realized that anyone who sets foot on this planet would be massacred. So they start encouraging mercenary crews to investigate the ruins uh, and attempt to thin out the criminal population in the galaxy. But there's one counselor on the ruling body of the, the government that, again, is never mentioned in the game, uh, that took issue with these inhumane tactics. And so he covertly assembled Project Forsaken, uh, and he gave a series of maps, charts, and access codes that would allow a couple of mercenaries safe passage into an MDF a uh, lab called Balabas, which I had to double check that it wasn't Balaban, but I assume Bob Balaban became the god king emperor <laughs> at some point in the in the next couple of years, which uh, could happen. Uh, and uh, so uh, into an MDF lab called Balabas, which would contain riches and maybe even the secret to restoring the earth. 
Okay. So all that is to more say, in depth than I thought it was. This is a first-person shooter or a runny gunny, as I like to call it. Okay. Did you guys I see have... that meme, the, the walkie-talkie meme, where it's like if the guy who invented walkie-talkies like uh, oh, was named naming everything, everything, like a like a bra <laughs> is like a uh, uh, breasty nesty. Or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah. Good. So this is a runny gunny from now on. All right. Yeah. I have several questions about the plot of the. I have no answer. Sorry. <laughs> I will try. So why why did uh, the humans of I guess I would imagine pre subatomic explosion Earth why did they decide that it would have been a good idea to create a defense force around the, the core, Earth, the core of people the are Earth. going in and stealing the core of yeah, Earth, stealing all this liquid. <laughs> Liquid core. This is this well, is they, not they had to make their baked this. Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> they needed their essential elements from down in the Earth's core to sustain the life of God King Emperor Bob Balaban. Oh, I think they needed to keep him obviously. alive, like well into the future. Uh, and I don't know how successful they were, but I think <laughs> I think he's the final boss. I think you get low enough, he starts reciting lines from Moonlight Kingdom at you, and then you have to shoot him. Yeah, <laughs> it's really a sad, sad ending. It's a sad ending for Bob yeah. Balaban. He's yeah. an accomplished actor exactly. and director. And my question is. Where were the maps that were described? The in maps, your charts, the maps and, and charts. Codes. We, got no we have no idea where to go yeah, in this game. No. There were definitely no maps. No, no maps to speak of. Yeah. All right. So uh, basically, you are traveling down into these ruins, and you're you're piloting vehicles called pion cycles. So they're kind of <laughs> like motorcycle-sized things, and you're supposed to maneuver through abandoned labs, caves, tunnels, and you move deeper and deeper into the Earth's surface. So what all is that is to say is that it's kind of a combination between a flight simulator, a vehicular combat game, and a first-person shooter. So there was a game that was a decently big hit on the PC around this time, which I think all of us, being mostly console people, mm. probably didn't play very yeah, much, yeah. Um, called Descent. I yes. went over to a friend's house who was really into PC, and he loved this game, where you would essentially be piloting this spaceship you know, through these deep caverns. And the idea was... Um, you get this full range of 3D movement um, while still have, having a shooter gameplay. Mm. Um, and Forsaken is essentially the same game as Descent. It is. Like, it's, it's a pretty just clear, like, oh, we're ripping off Descent and give, making it slightly prettier. And th- Yeah, but, Descent was a game I totally missed out on, but I did watch some YouTube videos of it today, and I'm like, yeah, oh, this is definitely the same game. Uh, I think their goal, even, like, I, I think it's like their stated goal was to basically make Descent again with better graphics and moves a little faster. Mm-hmm. And I think they accomplished that. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you you wish they had a little more creativity. Because, <laughs> I mean, Descent is literally, you're, you're flying down through tunnels, full 3D movement, shooting robots. It's the same game. And this game has, it looks okay um, in the sense that the textures are pretty smooth mm-hmm. and the frame rate is really nice. But the actual environments and enemies are yeah. just so boring. They're very boring. Very one note. Very uninspired. Uh, there was a one of the levels was a like what looked like to be like a Mayan temple mm-hmm. ruins, mm-hmm. and that really messed with me because the sense of scale in that game is really hard to discern because you're you only have this first person perspective, and the walls don't look. It looks like uh, a human could like reason. It looked like to be like eight foot, eight mm-hmm. feet tall, and like they had these big skull. Uh, torches, but all the tanks were like, uh, by by comparison, they looked like Roombas on okay, the ground. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of, I don't know, the it just, enemy tanks. Yeah, the yeah. enemy tanks did not look like it did not look like they were intending it to be like scaled up so much. Yeah, there's just not very much cohesion in the art design or anything. Yeah. Um, like you said, there's part of it that looks like a Mayan temple, but as yeah. you go like one room farther, and there's just red strobe yeah, light, yeah. and then these blue um, switches you need to switch to make things open, and it's just. I don't know. I feel like, you know, we played through the first three levels and all of the elements just felt like they were all been mixed up with each other. Mm-hmm. It, there was never a feeling of like, oh, now we're in the forest level. Yeah. And now yeah. we're in like the wastelandy level. It just all felt like these vague corridors. Definitely. I, I can tell already I'm going to be the rogue agent on this one because uh, uh, I don't know how to tell you guys, but I really liked this game. Oh, <laughs> I no, really no, liked wait. It. No. I really liked it. Uh, this was like... A real surprise for me because I was not expecting anything and uh, I don't know. I thought it was just like the single player mode at least. I thought it was really fun to play. Like I liked floating around in there. I like, you know, the the controls were kind of weird. Like uh, you you move around with the control stick and then you accelerate with A Mm -hmm. and you reverse with B and you can use the C buttons to strafe if you need to. Up and down C will actually move you up and down. 
Yeah. Yeah. Which is I mean, kind of cool. It took a second to, to adjust, but once I got it, it's like it feels very intuitive. I was mm-hmm. cruising around. It moves at a really fast clip. I would say too fast. I, um, I, don't, I don't know. I felt like it was just right for me. I but. mean, because I think that the corridors are all so small and tight. Yeah. You're essentially driving right into the wall, and it yeah. was difficult. I feel like what you need for these games is the ability to shoot and move at the same time. Mm. And it moves was, so fast. Yeah, you kind of have to that, stop and just turn yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. In multiplayer, that sort of bogs down. You just sit in front of the other person. And just try to shoot them fast and <laughs> yeah. shoot you. But, like, no, I, I, I kind of agree when uh, when the game opens up. Like, if there's, like, a long corridor that, like, kind of curves and you're just kind of, like, zooming down that, that feels really good. Yeah. But a lot of the game is just, like, yeah, really small rooms loaded with a bunch of enemies and power-ups. And it just kind of feels like it's hard to tell... What's going on? It's hard to know what you need to do to play the game yes. better. Yes, yes. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm shooting at them and I'm still dying a yeah. lot. And then there was that one mission where we, we killed that boss and then it opened up a room and we had no idea what to do in that room. So we went back and we found the secret area that had the bomb in it. Mm. And we're like, maybe we have to deliver this bomb to the to the secret that room. That was very obtuse. Yeah. Yes. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't know how we like puzzled that out. Yeah. I, think, I think Woody just like casually said it. It's yeah. Like, oh, maybe like, you maybe have to do this, that. You have to do this. Okay, and, might as well try it. And, and I said, like, all right, you're meeting the game more than halfway, <laughs> but like that was what you have to do. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, and I think I agree that there is kind of generally a lack of personality. Like we have eight playable characters here, but none of them have. We don't see their faces. No, you don't get a We don't profile, even see their cars you until you win the level. They have very odd combinations of names. I've already yeah. forgotten their names. Oh, except well, for... it's a good thing I oh, wrote good. them all down. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah, oh, they're fun God. names. Yeah. Uh, the names in this game are Beard. That's yeah. the only one that I remember. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Photoid. Photoid. I, I just like... I like the implication of a world where photoid and beard... Yeah. Are yeah. The guys <laughs> that hang out. Yeah. 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 Uh, Nimsusin. Lokasena. L.A.J., which is the name of a episode of The Critic. Love me some L.A.J. Uh, Clark Culver, <laughs> Earl Slick, and Rex Hardy, who just goes by the name Trucker in this version. Oh, good. I'm glad oh, that you yeah. got the real name. I got his real, real name. name of Trucker. Trucker. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I mean, and uh, apparently the, the vehicles do feel different. Like they, they, they? Okay. But uh, uh, that's that's what I've read. But and I, I think I didn't they really had different, different starting weapons. It kind of... Oh, it, you know, I they didn't, had different starting weapons. There that. are a sense. shitload of weapons in this game. Oh, there yeah. are 25 different weapons Whoa. you can find in this game. And uh, you toggle between primary weapons, which are like faster lasers. You have one laser that's never going to run out. It's kind of your standard. Right. And then you have faster primary, and then you have your secondary, which is going to be like missiles for big uh, damage. Uh, yeah, no, there's a shitload of them. I don't think we even saw all of them. Uh, we saw a lot of them, but Mo- uh, most of them just seem like variations on missiles. Yeah, I mean, yeah, or like, yeah, just like sh- the shoot bangs, the laser beams. <laughs> yeah, there's not. Yeah, there's nothing that's too wacky or creative. I don't think. Not that we weapons. saw. Of yeah, course, that's there true. are 25. Um, there are 15 levels total. I think we we made it through three. Yes, uh, which is a pretty decent. I mean, it, it was moving quickly and. Uh, we figured it out. There was a boss that we had to fight at one point that we kept dying on just because, like you said, we do have to be a little static. And I think that's a situation where we need to be a little better about strafing. Oh, um, yeah. Um, and, and just kind of keep moving around and find the weak spot. But, uh, you know, it took like two lives for us to beat it. If, if I was able to accelerate and strafe in a more comfortable, like, safe way, I feel like the game, like, the movement would have been a lot would have gelled a lot better with me, yeah. personally. I think that you, for me, the characters either needed to move slower or the rooms needed to be bigger. Yeah. Because I just felt like immediately I would start going fast and hit the wall. Well, I feel like the game, when the when you're when you're moving around and when you're kind of exploring the map, yeah, the, the map feels like it, the rooms need to be bigger. But when you're fighting somebody, it, the combat is, you have to stop and you have to aim. So it's a little bit to its benefit that the rooms are so small. <laughs> But but yeah no I definitely agree with you the the I I just feel like the maps needed to um, be better I guess <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no write him a letter yeah. yeah again here I'm go- I'm gonna have yeah. to disagree I felt like controls felt very responsive the I, controls did feel responsive I, I, yeah, I don't know yeah. they were responsive I wasn't bumping into anything for me and oh, uh, I, it might I, be just me not used to the, the N64 <laughs> controller but I was hitting every single one. I I liked the really like strange lateral map designs I think they they go off in lots of different directions there's lots of little secrets to find mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I mean some rooms look a little samey but they do a good job of distinguishing like they'll have these blue cubes in places to kind of help you navigate where you are. One thing that this game does do a pretty good job of, um, since you know it's a you're going in all directions. Like sometimes there'll be a whole a room above you, and so you need to turn and go up. Yeah. And then the camera will reset 
Um, and it does a good job of making all those movements fairly smooth. Yeah, yes. like this yeah. is definitely the kind of game that you could. This is the relation to Beast Wars Transmetal. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, yeah. the kind of game you could get sick playing from all of the weird movements. Yeah, but it yeah. actually they do a good job. Yeah. Making Definitely. that not... I, I never felt like I was fighting the camera, and no. that's rare on this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and uh, I, I have to shout out the music as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. The music we all bad. enjoyed the no, music. We all really liked like it. Like, every level has its own different composition. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if, if you take a game like Extreme G, where it has, like, kind of background thumping, droning, electronica mm-hmm. music. This one doesn't sound like that. This sounds very... Like, I commented that they, it sounds like they're trying to do the Vangelis score from Blade Runner, like, but just with a little bit more oomph to it, you know? And it's yeah. just just when it starts to get kind of repetitive and starts to grate, then they mix it up a little bit and they do yeah. something weird with I it. I mean, I do think that it would get pretty repetitive if these levels were much longer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. probably the track repeats every two minutes or something. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. I mean, you can play this in pretty accessible chunks. It's definitely the kind of game I assumed would have sort of a generic thumping soundtrack through every level. So yeah. the fact that it had different music yeah. for each yeah. level and music that was very noticeably different yeah. was really cool. And this, the music is by a UK electronica group called The Swarm. And I had to double check because one of the names of the guys in the band is Stephen Root. So I had to check and make sure it wasn't the actor from Office Space and yeah. King of the Hill. Yeah. I like to say, does he, is he sidelining as Bill, a DJ Bill in the UK? Yeah, that's something. All right, everybody. <laughs> Time to put those hands in the air. <laughs> Lenore. Or Lenore. It's Lenore, not Lenore. Lenore. Never mind. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I like the music. I like the ambience. Um, let's talk a little bit about the multiplayer because I feel like a lot of the focus in this game is on multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And um, here's where it kind of <laughs> fell apart a little bit because uh, I just don't think this type of game, it's very distinctive and very weird, and I don't think it lends itself very well to multiplayer. I don't think it's a fault of poor programming or poor design. I think it's just something that like our our sensibilities have evolved a little bit and it's hard to look at this screen and force your brain to interpret what's going on. I think actually I I think this game lends itself fine to multiplayer. I think what this game doesn't lend itself well to is playing on a tiny screen. Yeah. That's fair. Um, That's fair. If I think if I mean this was originally a PC game. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think if you're playing this on PC and playing against other people online you would have a much more positive experience. Yeah. Because yeah. for us all to play on the screen, um, even, yeah, again, Steve, your TV is, is perfectly adequately sized, nothing to be ashamed about. Thank you. And it's not um, really about the size, really. No, well, no, I would no. I would disagree. No, when it comes no. to four when it comes to four players, you want you want big. Oh, I don't know about I mean um, Well, we'll no, take a we'll take a survey. Okay. But tomatoes. <laughs> you post pictures of your TV on the Twitter and people can vote on it. No, no, no. I got kicked <laughs> off of Twitter for doing that once before. Okay? <laughs> no, no. Only if people ask. Um, <laughs> yeah, send them in send, send PM, TV, PMs. Steve requests for TV picks. Uh <laughs> It's a pick and pick pick. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, you know, with the way there's sort of entrances and exits on all sides um, and you're going so fast, because really this game, for being a four-player mode, the frame rate doesn't fall too bad. It definitely has um, issues, but it's certainly much better than, like, Vigilante 8 or Extreme G2. We were were saying, like... Struggle. Chugs. Yeah. We, we were saying like New Tetris was a game that was like <laughs> chugging worse than this one and yeah. that's like a 2D puzzle game but Shouldn't to line up ever. specifically where your character is and um, where the entrances and exits are at that speed on that small of a screen is just really hard yeah yeah. it doesn't help that the ships aren't really they look they're about the same size as the power ups yeah so I was it's... definitely driving I'm like is that a power up or a ship I'll just shoot at it yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and, and um, I definitely, you know, it's one of these where you play with the three-player mode, and uh, the player on first player gets to the big the, yeah. screen, oh, and it was I a huge advantage. That. I yeah. hated that yeah. so much. I remember, well, what, what game were we playing? Was it uh, uh, Quake or something? We were playing with three players, and they gave us, like, just one black screen or yeah. something? Or, like, Mario Kart does that. They'll give you one black screen with the map in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Which yeah. I, I appreciate yeah. for, for yeah. Mario. Yeah, Mario that's, that's a better way to do it and keep things equal because yeah. the person on the top screen is definitely going to have the advantage and, i mean this game has no map and no radar which is just it's there's not really any feeling of strategy yeah because uh, you're just kind of randomly flying around and if you see someone you just jam the fire yeah, button yeah, I spent yeah most of the game searching for people to shoot and and then dying to them almost instantly i mean the first time we played it we added a cpu oh yeah bot, big mistake uh, yeah. and we we put it on easy yeah. and we died and, bot, like oh, badly there's nothing passes. there's nothing worse than playing a three 
multiplayer multi-game with a bot, and then having the bot win, especially in Mario Party. Yeah. That is the fucking worst. Oh, God. Yeah. When the yeah. bot compute, CPU character wins Mario Party. Well, that's because they, they, they like, cheat in Mario Party. Yeah. The, bot, the bot obviously cheats. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, I will, I, will not, I will not stand down from that, that thought. Like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like... A lot of the multiplayer problems would be solved if it took less damage to destroy something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Like, I definitely. feel like you, you were sitting there shooting the hell out of things for, like, five minutes, and then it's like, oh, your shield is gone. Okay, but you still have health. So the, I mean, the health. missiles yeah. and the secondary weapons do a lot of damage. They do. That's a lot, but your basic weapon does yeah. basically nothing. No, it's 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 like throwing rocks at a tree and yeah, trying to knock definitely. the tree over. You're not going to do it. You're not, <laughs> eventually, you're going to do it. But you're going to die before it happens. <laughs> Somebody go out there and try this. See, I'll, Tell me how long it Report takes Report back, please. I would love to know. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't my favorite. I mean, there are six different modes. We didn't really explore all the modes. We mostly just played the death match. Well, a... The battle mode is only open if you have all four players. No, I don't think that's true. Because no? we plugged in four controllers yeah. and battle mode wasn't enabled. I oh, think that you have to beat something in the single player to unlock oh, battle mode. okay, okay. Um, yeah, that might be it. But... But, I mean, yeah, we played the deathmatch modes, and, uh, you know, it's, yeah, like you said, you, you would just kind of ask, like, would would you recommend this to anybody over GoldenEye or something like that? And it's like, no, I wouldn't. It's it's too weird, but... Uh, I mean, because at its it, core, it, you're still doing the same thing. You're still pointing yeah. the crosshair at someone and pressing the fire button sure. a lot. But since well, yeah, <laughs> it's so hard to actually, since stuff moves so fast and it's hard to aim, it's just... There's not really a big feeling of tension. No, not know? a lot. Not a whole lot. It's more kind of like wacky races than it is, you know, <laughs> some sort of serious deathmatch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wacky races is fun, too. Oh, know. it is. I've got that on Dreamcast. <laughs> we'll start that for the Dreamcast podcast, <laughs> which we're segueing into right now. Welcome. <laughs> we only did Dreamcast. 100 episodes. That's yeah. it. <laughs> we're done. We're stopping. Yes. 100 games. 100 games. Not even 100 that's episodes. True. Wow, we're lazy. We're gonna, we, we just look at a th- random third of uh, yeah. all consoles' <laughs> output. <laughs> That's what we should do. We'll just yeah, random thirds of anything. Okay, we'll take the the middle section of PlayStation, and uh, yeah, we will rate strawberry ice cream from Neapolitan. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. The, yeah. I would do that as a kid. I would just eat the one flavor I the liked out of the middle. Oh, I ate the I ate the, the straw the not strawberry the, the chocolate and the vanilla and I left the strawberry. Oh, well, like you two would have gotten along. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, think that would have completed each. That other. would have been perfect. Yeah. Are there any monsters out there that actually would take a scoop of all three flavors on one spoon? I mean, now that I'm an adult um, and don't care, and for life such, has warped your soul, has, has beaten me down for so long. I, I think I would do that. I think I would get all three in one scoop oh, just because man. I'm that broken. That's fair. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I could ever give up hope that much. That's, that's rough. <laughs> well, um, will you explain to me what Neop- like what is Neapolitan? Like, well, uh, it's named after James Neapol, okay. uh, who uh, was a uh, assassin slash acrobat who lived in the 19th century. Okay. Uh, he dabbled right. in ice cream on the side, made of his victim's blood. Oh, so to this that's day, that's where the strawberry comes from. Yeah, 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 yeah. To this day, we replaced it with the strawberry. I think they, they decided it was a little more commercially grabby. You know, like a, yeah, it's yeah. gonna it's gonna stick around a little longer with. The, Old Joe and Peoria. Wonderful. I'm glad I know now. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm full of useful facts. What I don't know why people. Podcast. I don't know why people don't ask me more it, stuff. It teaches you as you learn. Yeah. I also <laughs> don't know why my friends stop talking to me. Like I don't understand it. All right, we've definitely uh, drifted off of Forsaken. We've forsaken Forsaken sixty four. Yeah. Uh, do we have any final thoughts before we move on to our rankings? Or will our it, rankings cover it? it uh, we we wanted to see more of the girl from the cover. Yeah. Yeah. We wish that. We, there was a fun announcer in this yeah, game. They the had a very was, oh, good, um, you know, Mortal Kombat style announcer very with deep this, voice. Yeah. Very, yeah, exactly. very He's dire like, beard. <laughs> Failure is not an option. Only Doom lives for the Forsaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, I wanted to hear more of him, and yeah. especially for the other. For the characters with these goofy names, it's really weird that they didn't have, like, irritating voice samples yeah, for all of them. Yeah, Which I think they did in, like, Vigilante 8, which is, seems like the kind of thing that they would have. I mean, I'm kind of glad that they don't, but it would have at least lent it some more personality. I would something, have loved yeah. to have seen... So, yeah, to have seen some of something from the different... Uh, racers, bikers yeah. uh, that that wasn't just because when you're selecting them, yeah. it's just like this yellow green, like uh, gray ship. Yeah, that yeah. you couldn't really tell what the the fine. Yeah, like a were. zoom in where you can actually. Yeah, you can it. see the ship. Even yeah, just like faky made up stats, like yeah. an F zero or something. Yeah, yeah, gumption. You know, <laughs> yeah, the gumption rating. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, move, can, let's can... move on to our rankings. Each week we add uh, the new game that we played to our list of ongoing games. Uh, this is number 100, as we said, the big 1-0. 
O. <laughs> and uh, where, where, where are you putting this one? All right. Um, I'm going to put this one at number 59. Um, sex number. <laughs> if, you're, if you're all strange and deformed. And I am. Then you are. That's how um, I do it. It's um, which is right under the All Star Baseball games. Okay. Um, this game w- was certainly competent and um, played better. It's not a bad game by any means. It's no. just not my style of game. I don't like it, it. What we were talking about Doom. I'm like I don't like exploring. Um, you know, rooms in a first person perspective, and that's what a lot of this that's game what is. This was it's again. Just flying yeah, through yeah, this maze yeah, of rooms. Yeah. And um, since, again, I had trouble aiming and shooting at the same time, so I never got a sense of strategy aside from just sort of shooting the enemies before they did enough to kill you. Um, And the multiplayer, I don't know, was just kind of a novelty. Okay. um, Mm -hmm. That's fair. Tyler, you have one and only game on here. Yeah, Would you like so, to make your case? Let me see. Um, have you, have have the two of you, have you played the South Park uh, snowball fight game? The snow- yeah, it's just, just, yeah, just South Park. Yeah, yeah. yeah we South have Park not played game. it for the not, show. Not, not the, the show, show. Yet. Okay, no, no, okay. I was wondering it. if you had ranked it yet. No. Oh, no, okay. Wait, so, you, would, so you're rating that relative, based on, to, okay. relative to the South Park uh, I mean, South it's an acclaimed iguana game from a first-person perspective. Yeah, so I mean, like they're pretty much the same game. I would I would put this game... I would say one or two places above the South Park uh, snowball fight. Okay, game. but you, see, since you only played one game, you have to justify it in in context of like life events or life like event. other okay. things you no, like. Like I okay, compared to Neapolitan ice cream, <laughs> compared to Neapolitan ice mm-hmm. cream, I would say this is the. Um, well, actually, no. Let me put it this way: the cover of this game is the chocolate. <laughs> sure. The title of this game is the vanilla. Okay. And the game play itself is the strawberry. So you leave the game alone. Leave the game play in the, the box. You just want the box. If I was a kid, but nowadays, since I'm a beaten and broken man, I would mm. play this game. You take all three. I would and, take all three. Together. And you're aware, if we come on the podcast again, you also have to rank that game based on uh, the South Park game. <laughs> the South, yes. Park, South Park game, Neapolitan ice yeah. cream. This That's, is your new oh, rating uh, scale. Ra- yeah. Rank it based on uh, the the laughter of a newborn. Child. Laughter of a newborn child. Uh, let's see. Laughter of the new of a newborn For, child. Uh, just, just to clarify, the child is very ugly. Oh, uh, ugly baby. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, if I had heard it before I had seen the baby, <laughs> I would I would rank it. Uh, I would rank the laughter above the game. But if if I had seen them both at the same time, I would say. Yeah, that seems about right. They're very comparable in this case. The, 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 I kind of just want this to be the podcast from now on. I mean, forcing him to rank things compared to life things. Um, oh my goodness. We're going to put this but on I'll, the box art. Yeah. <laughs> just I'll, a crying I'll, ugly bit. Cry, me crying, babies crying, and then, yeah. I'll move on I'll with my little hot take here. This is my new number 13. Whoa! It's way up there for me. I wow. really liked this game. I think it's... Maybe I'm just jaded by all the crap we've had to play lately. <laughs> That's but, uh, fair. This plays really smoothly. It's novel. It's interesting. Uh, uh, it's got great music. It's got great visuals. And uh, I, It does I, not have great visuals. It, it's it got great like frame visual. rate. It okay. has visuals. Okay. It moves. You can tell what everything is. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, liked, I liked the look of it. And uh, yeah, this is a game I liked a lot. And I, I would recommend it. Uh, if, if you've got an old N64 or an Xbox One, or a PC or a PlayStation. Grab it, put it in your cartridge machine, and do it. Put it in your <laughs> PS4 cartridge machine. <laughs> Jam it on in the side there. Don't forget to blow somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Where, uh, Just it's so hard to know. Blow this... in the face of a crying, ugly baby. There you go. This has been the latest innovation in gameplay technology. They hide wherever you're supposed to put the disc. Yeah. I just I have had a PS4 for like a year, and I still don't remember where the disc goes. I just kind of <laughs> hover it in front until it sucks Present it in. Present it to the PS4. Master, will, yeah. will you accept will you my accept? offering? Will you accept the gift of Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> PS4 only takes tithes. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, so I do have a letter, uh, that, a letter I've been sitting on for a little while for some reason. I, f- I just kind of forgot to read well, it. We need, we need to make um, it an event for the big 100 game. There you go. There uh, you this go. is from Daniel Raiderman. Uh, so, hey guys slash gals. Raiderman of the Lost Ark. <laughs> That's what he likes to do. <laughs> yeah. uh, given the 20th anniversary of Ocarina of Time's release, it seems like it would be very timely to talk about this game in an upcoming episode. Never heard of this game. Uh, well, we're doing it now. We're very, talking about it now. Timely. Tell me about this game, Steve. Uh, well, it stars a young man named Legend of, and he's looking for a Zeldor. Okay. And uh, he can't oh. find it anywhere. Because and he has to battle an evil ocarina, right? He has to punch it right oh, in the day. Yeah, Got until it, it dies. Yeah. Uh, okay, so not to mention, there's recently been t- uh, a release of a complete remake of Ocarina of Time called Nimpize Adventure, which resorts the path through the game and redoes all the dungeons, etc. 
Uh, there's a pretty decent YouTube trailer for it. It is also true to the hardware limitations and totally works on original hardware, not just emulators. Wow. Um, so there's also Ocarina of Time randomizers these days, which is a great way to have a fresh perspective on an old game. Big fan of the show. Love the baseball game episode where you guys <laughs> pretended to narrate a game. Almost spit out my coffee. Absolutely hilarious. And shout out to Josiah Coolidge, whom I find particularly hilarious. So oh, thank you. I, I wanted wonderful. to read that mostly because, uh, yeah, we shout out to Josiah. Like, uh, yeah, our, our guests love hearing that. So if you have praise for our guests, please offer them up. Tyler's looking <laughs> real thirsty. <laughs> this one's for you, Josiah. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Funnyman Dietrich. Yes. Um, yes. That's, this is how I introduce myself, I guess. This is kind of a topic that I've only learned more about recently is the sort of remix of these older games. Um, since I haven't done a lot with emulation, um, and emulating um, N64 games is... I, don't, I have kind of a wimpy computer, so it's a little mm. out of the scope. Um, but it's a really cool thing of where people take the assets of, like, Super Metroid or Super Mario World, and, um, you know, they remix everything. And obviously, that's it works really well for um, games that are beloved and people have played through times, hundreds of times, yeah. because it's like... you. Yeah. It, you're seeing everything in this new light, and it's like a whole new game, but it's got this engine that you love. Um, the difficult part about it, and I'm glad he gave us a recommendation there, is when you search for, like, you know, Super Mario World Remix or um, Mario 64 Remix, there's all these super crazy ones with, like, weird Japanese ga- names, and it doesn't tell you anything about them. Or, and like, some of homebrews them... with, like, alt-right messages or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And some of them have, like, this ultra, like, nightmarish difficulty. Like, that's the gimmick. Yeah. Is they're like, oh, yeah. oh you're never going to get past this first level. You have to do everything pixel perfect. And it's like... I don't really want any of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just want, like, one that plays basically like the original game, but just yeah. a remix of where the stuff is. And those are hard to find. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It would be it would be really cool, and this is not, you know, this is, doesn't happen much, is if Nintendo was able to actually give the license for these kind of things. Well, they just yeah. pulled a bunch of emulator stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, they mm-hmm. just, no, just Nin- cracked down on that. Nintendo is, is really hard on all of uh, these companies and people distributing their content which i mean nintendo's business is based on nostalgia a lot of the time but i wish that they would work harder i mean this is not a new argument to make their stuff more available yeah because yeah that's that's well that's that's a big thing with nintendo is that they're really they make really good games and they they then don't really understand how i guess they don't keep up with the technology. It's very, very well, they, weird. They manufacture scarcity, I think, is what yeah, it's like. Remember when the, yeah. the first round of NES Classics came out and they, they sold like 70 in stores and then it went out of like, nope. stock for 30 years. Sorry. Like, yeah. So, uh, again, my, I'm not good with numbers. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, just, I don't see any reason why, I don't know, why they make these games so hard to get and keep, re- I mean, I guess I've just answered, I was about to answer my same question in the same <laughs> sentence, why they make these games so hard to get and then re-release them yeah. constantly um, and for each new console generation. Yeah, but they don't but, even re- re-release all of them. No, they you're right. They re-release a very select few, and like the virtual console isn't really a thing on the Switch right now, Right, and it's just, it just feels like... They 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 just want to have them so they can at some point maybe release them on their whim and not yeah. have people enjoy them and play them because you know I, I probably wouldn't buy you know one of their old games right now. But because... I mean, it's yeah, it just seems like it's an easy sell, right? Somebody some random you know programmer does all this work to like reprogram Ocarina of Time. Um, you know, Nintendo basically buys that from them buys their work from them they don't have probably doesn't cost very much because they don't have to buy the assets um and you know goes through to clean up the programming and make sure there's not glitches and you re-release it as some kind of like bonus quest you sell lots of copies of that at a low price i mean look at master quest yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. look at look at a a sonic mania sonic mania was made by uh chris whitehead Mm -hmm. studios which they uh remastered sonic cd Mm -hmm. uh and like that was originally just released for the iphone and then they they gave them the new IP for Sonic Mania, and they took it and they made this amazing, really fun return to the classic fantastic. Sonic form. Yeah, and to see uh, Nintendo not really capitalizing on all of their fans is really kind of a missed opportunity on their part. I feel that's a good. I didn't know that about Sonic Mania. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. 
Anyway, that's the tangent of all tangents. We're <laughs> going to uh, wrap up here. Tyler, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your projects coming up here? Yeah, so in the next month or so, we're hoping to get this off the ground pretty soon, but uh, I am I am the host of a new podcast, actually, called uh, Bard Alcohol Content, or BAC, and it's a drinking game RPG podcast. So me, uh, uh, my, my girlfriend Melanie, and our friend Grant, we all get... Uh, really drunk playing <laughs> RPGs, and we try to keep the plot together, and it's full of laughs, full of fun, and you can drink along too if you're of <laughs> the drink legal drinking age. And, there you go. You Wait, know. we're not here to police, man. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. We're cool. We're, we're cool. cool. Yeah. We're cool. We can buy a beer. It's not yeah. a problem. <laughs> definitely, but you'll be able to find that uh, hopefully wherever you find your podcasts, and uh, definitely on SoundCloud. And is that Bard B A R D? Like B A R D. Yeah, there we go. Bard awesome. Alcohol. Bard alcohol content. That sounds like a blast. I really want to listen to that any, so I'm any excited. podcast is a drinking podcast i like to <laughs> drink along to cereal sure yeah that's fair. yeah that's yeah, fair. yeah do the uh uh the ira glass drinking game yeah it's <laughs> american life yeah absolutely yeah uh so anyway thank you so much everybody for uh tuning in as always you can find us on ultra64podcast.com and all the various social media sites give us a rating and a review on itunes that helps us out so much next time on ultra 64 we've got an explosive triple feature for you you'll get that in a second <gasps> Because we're playing Bomberman 64, Bomberman Hero, and Bomberman 64, The Second Attack. So three Bomberman games. We'll probably have some more guests on here because you can't really play Bomberman with just one or two people. You need a, you need a crew. So tune in next week for that. Bomberman. It's going to be great. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, hey, forsake it easy out there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That may be our best ending yet. <laughs> Forsake me, oh my darling, on this our wedding day. Do not forsake me, oh my darling, wait, wait long. The noonday train will bring Frank Miller. If I'm a man, I must be brave, and I must face that deadly killer.